Okay, guys, welcome back to the Magnation podcast. We have another F1 Journals episode. I was supposed to post um, a normal episode in between this, but I didn't. Um, I just didn't. Anyway, there's so much to talk about today. Um, I think we just need to get straight into it because, good lord, what a weekend we've had and what a Monday we've had. It's been it's been intense. I think um, we ended last week's episode talking about budget caps, so I think it is best to um, start with that and then we can get into the chaos of the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, Today, the FIA finally released their um, statement about the budget cut report, which was supposed to be last Wednesday, but they delayed it, which again is already incredibly suspicious. I'm sure none of you are all surprised that Red Bull went over the budget cut by 5%, which is classed as a minor breach. Um, which makes me laugh because 5% of what, 148 million? I think that's the price is still um, a couple of million pounds, so I don't really think that's quite minor, especially when other teams fired members um, of their staff to stay in the budget limit. And today it was announced that W Series um, is being cancelled for the rest of the season, and that is due to the lack of funding that they have. And I think it is disgusting that Red Bull are probably going to get away with this um, when so many people are suffering with money, and it just, it really... Oh, it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. Yeah, so apparently the extra two million that they spent has gone on catering, which is so funny. I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, well, they didn't spend it on the car, so you can't really punish them for the car. But um, what you're failing to understand there is um, if they hadn't have spent all of their money on the car, they wouldn't need to overspend on the catering. So Red Bull clearly have a budgeting problem, which, you know what, so do I. But I'm not a Formula 1 race team, I'm just a 23-year-old sat in my flat in London. Bit of a difference there, girlies. Um, Yeah, it just... It's interesting. Twitter is a hilarious place to be um, because of all the jokes they're making about RBR does not stand for Red Bull Racing, it stands for Red Bull Restaurant. And there are so many different jokes going around right now, I actually cannot, cannot tell you how funny it is. And also... All weekend, Mercedes have been <laughs> tweeting pictures of food. It's like they were soft launching the budget cut report. Like, did they know? I, <laughs> it's, oh God, it's a, the internet is funny, man. I, yeah. We haven't heard what the punishment is going to be yet. I doubt it will be anything big. I'd love for Lewis to get his championship that he rightfully deserves and he always did deserve it. Um, But it's the FIA. They're not going to, they're not going to do what we want. Um, we'll get onto them later because, Jesus Christ, they have been insane this weekend. Um, again, we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked. We all knew it was going to be Red Bull. I think it's hilarious that Christine Horner was so in denial about it. Like, he was he was getting hella defensive, um, which made him look even more guilty. And it has been proven that he is guilty. I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't think anything will happen. I don't think they'll get penalised for it. I think they'll probably get a fine, which is annoying because they obviously have the money to spare because, you know, they overspent by a couple of million. So I hate the fine punishment. I think it's stupid. Um, All these people are rich. So why are they getting fined as a form of punishment when they have the money? It's, <laughs> I don't know. It stresses me out. I hate it. <laughs> oh, Aston Martin are also like, I don't really understand the legal term of it, but they're kind of 
being sus, which, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I just, oh, I think what's annoying about it is that it was any other team, they'd be punished immediately. And that is like the worst part about it. But you know, Lewis Hamilton, eight times world champion. I think we all knew that anyway. Actually, back to my point about them not getting a proper punishment. What really frustrates me about that is that obviously they're not going to do it again. Well, they might do it again. They might have done it this year. We don't know. Um, but you know, they've been caught out for it. So they just get like a slap on the wrist and a fine. It's not really punishing them because they've done it. They've cheated. They've gotten away with it. Like, I feel like just finding them isn't really a proper punishment because this they've still got the successes and the um the advantages that they had the other years like max is world champion um like they did it they got it and i think the only way to properly punish them and i'm not just saying this because i think lewis should have won last year is by stripping that title from him and you know max might not have known about it he probably didn't and that's you know that is sad and that's unfair but his team fucked him over if that's the case and it, everyone should be punished for it you know, actions have consequences girlies if they do just let them get away with it then i hope the other teams do it next year and they just get a little fine because why the fuck not <laughs> let's have a real competition okay let's talk about japan um i'm just gonna get straight into it last week i mentioned the f1 play app and how i do my predictions every week there's 10 different categories to predict for I only got two out of ten right this week and um, one of them was that 18 cars would finish and the second was that there would be a safety car my podium that i put um again was a delusion and wishful thinking <laughs> it was lewis p1 <laughs> Charles p2 and i put yuki p3 because it was his home race and i really wanted him to do well um so yeah i didn't watch practice one because it was like three o'clock in the morning i watched practice two and this is when the delusions started kicking in because Lewis and George were really fast and I was like, I'm getting my Lewis win. I feel it. It's coming. And I get like this every weekend and it never happens. Um, <laughs> but he was fast. He was fast and it was great. And for a moment I was happy and I was like, "It's my Lewis win is coming. Ferrari were really slow in practice too. And um, yeah, wasn't loving that. I didn't watch practice free again because it was like three in the morning and there's only so much I can do, you know. I did, however, get up at 7am to watch qualifying and um, it was fun. It was a, a fun time. Q1, um, Mercedes um, were on mediums, which kind of threw me for a moment because no one else was and I feared for them. I didn't really trust them. Um, Lando went purple at one point, which was like... I was very excited about Lando getting a purple sector. I'm a big Lando fan. Um, Mick and Seb. Mick and Seb. Mick and Seb got into Q2, which was like amazing. It was incredible. Seb made it to Q3, which was a dream. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the most dramatic thing about Q3 was Max and Lando having their, their little drama. Obviously, the FIA gave a post-investigation, which took hours because they love to do that, except when Charles Leclerc. Um, goes off the track in the last lap of the race. I don't know. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but yeah, that was an interesting qualifying. I don't think it was as exciting as Singapore qualifying. 
but it was still good and I just I was really happy Seb got to Q3 because he just I'm gonna miss him I'm really gonna miss him let's go on to the race because my goodness my goodness it was a race I woke up at 5 50 a.m for this race and I was exhausted I was nervous because it was pouring down with rain which it's never really Never really um, a normal race is it when it's raining that much. The race started and I was immediately like yelling for Char to the point where I realised it was 6am and I have flatmates and I need to shut up. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. I, he had a good start Char. He, he nearly nearly overtook Max. Um, did not though. Max got away. And then we had Carlos coming off the track which... I'm not gonna lie, um, I like Carlos, but I was obviously rooting for Charles because he had more of a chance of the champion. Well, he, Carlos didn't have a chance of the championship. Charles did, and I saw that Ferrari spin off, and my heart sank. It sank right down to the bottom of me, but it was fine. Well, it wasn't fine because I felt bad for Carlos. Um, and Alex had an engine failure, which was really sad. I'd I'd love for Alex to finish a race. I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um. And then we had a red flag, which lasted hours. Um, quite literally, the race didn't restart till 8.15. This was about 6am. Um, and I just can't really believe I'm about to have this conversation. Um, for those of you who don't follow Formula 1 or don't know anything about it, which I doubt you were listening, but you might be like one of my friends who wants to be supportive, which is cute. Hi. Um... In 2014, at the Japanese Grand Prix, on the same track, in the same weather conditions, unfortunately, um, we lost Jules, who was a lovely driver, um, and he crashed into the recovery tractor. The tractor is a recovery vehicle, and it basically its job is to be on the track, lift up the car that's crashed, and take it away. Um, and Jules was driving back to the pit lanes because the race had been red flagged and unfortunately he crashed into that um, because of the rain and he um, didn't die straight away he was in a coma and passed away a year later um, as far as I'm aware I should fact check that but I'm pretty sure that's that's what happened and it's devastating it's it's heartbreaking it's you know like it's awful Jules was um, Charlotte Claire's godfather, um, so I always feel for Charles, um, especially, you know, I felt for him, I especially felt for him this weekend being at that track because it must have been so traumatic even just being there. So the fact that when this race was red flagged, they had the tractor or the crane, whatever you want to call it, on the track in those conditions and Pierre quite literally nearly could have crashed into it and Marshall nearly got hit as well Pierre um, oh god I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself I just cannot believe this happened um basically the tractor was on the side of the track collecting Carlos's car while the drivers were still driving past it um bear in mind it was raining and um, Pierre said this himself he said if he had spun off the same way Carlos did and crashed into that tractor, he would have died. He wouldn't have been alive. He wouldn't be here today. Um, and it wasn't just him that drove past it. 
Danny Richter have passed it, Sharder have passed it, they all saw it and they all commented on it. Um, and the ones that didn't see it, once they found out, they were furious about it. And rightly so. They put their lives at risk every time they race and the least the FIA can do is, you know, try and make it a bit safer for them and maybe respect them a little bit more. And of course, the FIA tried to blame Pierre and accused him of speeding past it. Don't get me wrong, he was going fast under the safety car and he has been penalised for that. The penalty that he got for speeding was at a part of the track um, where the crane, it's not where the crane was, basically. He'd already gone past the tractor slash crane. The, the tractor and the crane are the same thing, I might say different words for it. And even so, Jensen Button made a great point um, on Sky Sports. He said they're two separate issues. Like, they're not correlated at all. Um, if Pierre had crashed into that tractor, would you be saying, well, it's his fault because he was speeding? Carlos also made a great point where he said it doesn't matter if they were going 100 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, or, you know, whatever speed they were going. They're fast cars. They still go pretty fucking fast under a safety car. Um, he would have died whatever speed you crash into it into because it's still quick enough for him to get seriously injured. Um... I actually just can't believe it and I can't believe they tried to blame Pierre. I just think the FIA are the worst they've ever been. It's just so corrupt and the fact that these drivers were like so shocked and so hurt and apparently Sebastian Vettel had even mentioned this in Singapore because there was a similar issue with a recovery tractor being on the track during bad weather conditions and he'd brought it up to them in a driver's meeting. And, you know, apparently the FAA were going to look into it, and they clearly didn't. Um, we don't know who's to blame, but somebody okayed that tractor being on the track, and they shouldn't have, because we've lost jewels the exact same way, and they clearly haven't learned from their mistakes. Because the same thing could have happened again. And I truly, I, I hate to say this, but I truly think the FAA will never take accountability until it's too late, and I, I panic. I worry for these drivers. Um... Yeah, I really worry. And I just, my heart just fucking breaks for Charles. Like I said before, it's already sad enough for him being there. And this, this can't have helped. Like, what a way to fucking bring up someone's trauma, man. It's, oh God, I don't know. It's the worst. Even Christian Horner said it was a bad thing which shouldn't happen. And for me to agree with Horner is crazy. Because I don't really vibe with that man at all. <laughs> so you know I just oh, I don't know the incompetence of the FIA is going to cost lives if they don't fucking sort themselves out they're just they're falling apart at the seams and I I can't quite believe it I really can't believe it and I, I'm worried when we lose Seb because Seb is one of the only ones who stands up to them and fights for things um apparently George Russell did try and ring the FIA president during the safety car which you know what, if George wants to be the new Seb, so be it. I'll, I'll, someone has to, because I'm, I'm really worried that when we lose him, the sport's going to fall apart even more. It's just so corrupt at the moment. With what happened with that safety car, hand in hand with the budget cap stuff, it's it's making it so much more or less enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just making it a lot less fun. Anyway, it was finally time to restart the race after the mclaren team had played uno in their garage which so real and so me um what do i remember from the start oh seven latifi racing in the pit lane was 
hilarious so funny um a chaotic start yeah i don't really remember much i just remember oh it was really exciting everyone being in the pit lane at the same time that was beautiful that was oh imagine being sat opposite those pit lanes and seeing them all come in especially because max and Shaw were in at the same time that was that was fun that was good to watch um yeah i mean at this point mick didn't come in so he was leading the race at one point and i was like mick podium the day mick gets a podium will be the best day of my life by the way everyone just letting you know that was really nice to see um they tried to play the long game and i respect them for it i do didn't work out but that was a, a good it was, it was just great to see mick lead a race it was perfect to me lewis was as quick as max and Charles at one point which was perfect it was so good it was so fun and then he was racing with Esty Bestie. Esty Bestie got people. I love Esty Bestie. Um, they had a proper race, them too. Um, you know, the Mercedes doesn't have the straight line speed. Um, once this season is over, I am going to the Mercedes garage and I am smashing the W13 to pieces because that car has caused me so much distress. But anyway, I, I liked seeing um, Esteban and Lewis race and I think they both really enjoyed it too. Lewis was really you know, giggly and happy in his post-race interview, as was Esteban, so it was nice to see them two having a good race together. Joe Ganyu got fastest lap, which was so fun and exciting. That was unexpected. Honestly, I don't really remember much else apart from Perez started to catch up to Charles, and, you know, that was terrifying for me. <laughs> and he didn't get him. He didn't actually overtake him, but Charles went off track and then he got a five second penalty for it which not only made Charles go into p3 it handed max a championship so that was that was it we knew who the world champion was but we didn't actually straight away because um we were under the impression that the points were only going to be like half points or like 75% of the points basically if you don't know at the end of every formula one race the top 10 drivers get points so um the driver in first place gets 25 points the driver in 10th gets one point and it's like in between all from there um and we thought because they didn't race all of the laps that they were only going to get half points these rules are all new from the fia because last year at spa um a race got rained off it's a very long-winded story that i won't explain because i imagine most of you know but basically the fia introduced these new rules about points and safety cars and races restarting um i don't think anyone really understood them <laughs> to be honest which is quite clear max found out he was world champion um during perez's interview they'd spoken to max max had gone away they were interviewing perez and they were like oh max come back you're world champion they just gave Charles a five second penalty which means he's in third place um so you win and Max was like, really? And everyone was like, really? And the podium was like really awkward because no one was really celebrating because nobody knew if he actually was world champion. <laughs> and apparently both Mercedes and Red Bull were reading the rules to like check if he actually was drawing the podium, <laughs> which is like, one day Max will win a championship outside of the steward's room. And I really hope that day comes for him because he is an incredible driver. And he outshone everyone this year. There's no denying that he was going to win this year. It was his. Um, and he deserved it this year. He did. But again, his championship, like his, his win was 
very sus and very corrupt and I feel bad for him this time because it actually wasn't anything to do with him this time um well was it last time I don't know let's not talk about Abu Dhabi because like I said on my last podcast I get too wound up about it um I just feel bad for him at this point because he deserved to win this year 100% it was his and it's been tainted yet again because the FIA are corrupt and don't know how to do their jobs also um Alonso and Seb were racing down to like the very last second like they pretty much crossed the line at the same time which is like really exciting um but we didn't see it on the telly because they were only like focusing on like Max and Charles and Perez which like fair enough but it's not very often you see two cars go over the you know the finish line at the same time pretty much like I would have I've liked to have seen that in real time but anyway um, <laughs> yeah it was just it was just weird like it was very anticlimactic it was like oh yeah you win surprise and I, I do I do feel bad for Max for that it's the poor guy can't catch a break <laughs> yeah I do just feel like there was a little bit of a bit of taste with the whole race and it was because of the FIA and the tractor um they just handled it so poorly and they really showed how much they just don't give a shit about their drivers and it's it's not on really i need sebastian vettel to be race director i need it like really bad i feel like this has been quite a heavy episode because there's been quite some sad heavy things going on in the world of formula one this week but i'm gonna end it on a high note um let's talk about Pierre going to Alpine because that's really exciting for Pierre he deserves it so much I really like Pierre Gasly and he's gonna be with Esteban Esteban Ocon um yeah Esteban Ocon is called Estebesti um if you weren't aware of that you are now um he's aware of that and it's great we all love it Estebesti forever anyway apparently they have like beef and drama um in the past so I was under the impression their rivalry was going to be intense. Also, side note, I think Lando and Oscar Piastri are going to have a really big rivalry. And I'm really excited about it because they look about 12. And it's going to be really funny. <laughs> Esteban posted something beautiful on his social media about how they're both two little kids from Normandy. And now they're going to get to race together. And it's just really, it's really sweet. And I think any shred of drama will be squished pretty simply. Um because it's Esteban, it's Estibesti, who can have beef with him, come on now, <laughs> he's sweet, it's like Mick, I can't imagine Mick having beef with anyone, because he's the sweetest guy ever, speaking of, I don't think Mick has his seat confirmed yet, and I'm stressed about it, because I can't lose Sebastian, Daniel and Mick in the same year, I won't survive, um, I can't even talk about losing Daniel and Sebastian, because I'll start crying, Anyway, um, Nick, Nick DeFries, um, is racing for AlphaTauri, which is very exciting, which means we still don't know who's replacing Latifi at Williams. Not entirely sure. Maybe Mick will go there if Haas get rid of him, which they shouldn't. I'd be upset at Gunter for that, and I like Gunter. He's my favourite, you know, um, team, team lead. I always go to say team leader. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyway, I wonder when they're going to announce who those two seats are going to. As much as I would love for Daniel to sit in one, he doesn't want to. Um, and fair enough. Fair enough. I'll miss him, though. 
I really will. And I think it's going to be difficult for him to get back in in 2024 because it's difficult to get into F1 anyway. Um, but he'll be missed. That giant smile will be so dearly missed. And him and Lando hanging out a lot is breaking my heart. It's, oh, it's just dead sad. Oh. And Yuki and Pierre. Yuki and Pierre are the most incredible pair of besties ever. I will miss them too as well. But yeah, um, Supermax, congratulations. I Like I said, I like all the drivers. I really do like all the drivers. It's certain team bosses <laughs> and the FIA that I don't like. I'm very happy for Max. He really did deserve the championship this year. Um, do I think his title last year should be at risk? Yeah, but it's the FIA. They're not going to get rid of it. So yes, um, hopefully next time you hear from me, F1 fans, I won't be as sad and miserable, but I I just feel like I needed to say what I had to say, and I was quite light about it. If you follow me on Twitter, I was a lot more vocal on there at the time. Um, but yeah, have a great week, guys. Um, no race this weekend, which is sad, so I probably won't post an F1 episode next week unless some crazy drama happens that we have to discuss immediately. But for now, goodbye. I love you. Stay safe. I never know how to end these things. I'm really bad at it. But I will see you after the Austin, Texas race. Which is like very late in the evening. It's not. It's 8pm. I'm very dramatic. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>